right. Welcome back to another episode of She Rises from Her Ashes. Today, I have a special guest with me, um, a woman who I actually met on Instagram, and I am so excited to introduce her to you guys. So I will let her kind of introduce herself, but welcome, uh, Moira, Moira, how do you pronounce it again? Moira. Moira Clark. Moira Clark. I have a Moira on my team, so that's so like stuck in my head. So Maura Clark, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and yeah, let my listeners get to know who you are. Hi, and thank you so much for having me. And, and that is, I guess, there's so many not great things, and there's beautiful things about social media, and you and I connecting are definitely one of those kind, wonderful things in a positive way. So, and thanks for having me, of course. Um, so yeah, a little bit about me. I'm 45 years old. I'm a a mother of a 21 year old and a 16 year old. Um, I'm divorced, so about four years or so, I think I'm at now. But yeah, I'm actually originally from the East Coast. So I grew up um, from originally in New York, grew up in the in Pennsylvania. That's where I went to undergrad grad school and made my way out to the Western part of the country, spent some time in Northern Arizona at high elevation. And then been in uh, San Diego about 13 years now. So I've kind of lived in different parts of the country, which has been really neat. And But my children, they only know the world of growing up as a Southern California kid with the beach being a mile from their backyard and having beautiful weather year round, not digging their car out of a ditch in the snow as they drive to morning swim practice like I did. So anyway, um, that's a little bit about my history and what I do. But I think the one thing that you, know, you and I, you know, you know, bonded over was just health and fitness and those things. And I've been a lifelong athlete in high school. I wanted to be a stud, which was I graduated high school, 12 varsity letters. And then in college, I did eight seasons as well. And um, after that kind of continued my journey, but I know we wanted to pick up where, you know, started using that exercise piece as a way of like coping with some of the other things in life, anxiety and, you know, the other mental challenges that we all have. That is absolutely amazing. And it's crazy. So yeah, we met like through the recovery scene, you know, Mora's um, alcohol free, which is what we're going to start talking about. Um, but we've been connecting what a year, two years now, it's been quite some time. Yeah. Um, but I've always watched her and I've just been I admire her her strength, you know, and what she does. And she'll tell you a little bit more about that. But um, being from California, you're in the the they have like such a high rate of people drinking and partying and stuff like that but they also have on the other end such a great like recovery community as well so moving over there how was the transition moving from the east to the west coast as far as like drinking and stuff like that yeah I'll never forget when I first moved to southern California San Diego and I absolutely love and adore the city if you've never been here you have to come visit and this this is a city where everyone comes to be like I love vacation era I'd kill to live there yeah and um for so many different reasons and and the one thing when I first moved here about 13 years ago I was somewhat blown away of like oh okay we just drink beer at 10 a.m totally normal like it's kind of like yeah. endless summer vibe all the time and there's always a time and a place to go like well we'll do mimosas and then we'll roll it into the rest of the day we'll hop on boats we'll do these different things and so um it, it's very normal here if that makes sense with that being said there's also a community of very active and fit people here as well and at times I found myself for me being in both of those camps where 
training for big races and doing different events. I did an, um, about a decade ago, I did an Ironman. So I did a lot of training. So you're swimming out in La Jolla Cove in the ocean and doing all those different types of things. But there's also that party community. And then there's folks that they do both of them. And I was one of those people to be completely transparent where it's not weird to be oh, I can, you know, at night have like sip wine all throughout the night and still get up and run some hill repeats and do things like that, which isn't a healthy balance, of course, as you know, you and I both agree on with that. Um, but it is possible to do that. And it's in a community like this, it's very normal. It's really normal to be having that. And you really saw that flare up during the pandemic as well. Do you consider yourself, like, I know there's terms out there, like, would you consider yourself an alcoholic or do you just find that you had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol? Yeah, I think it's a good question. And a lot of people do look at that in a very black or white issue. And I've spent time researching in therapy, of course, and reading books and, and understanding the brain and how it works around that. I personally would consider myself at times, depending on my mental state, a problem drinker. Yeah, me too. Um, I think that's really the best category, but it really would depend on my mental state. Like there's times I would go out to dinner, have a glass of wine, be totally, then that's it. And I'm good. Like I'm yeah. fine with it. But if things were snowballing in my life in the sense of anxiety, a lot of stress and different things like that, I would find myself being more of a problem drinker, in my opinion, which is like when you drink more than you've intended to. Right. And it's like more habitual at that point, because it's you're having that like downward spiral, like you said, you went through a divorce, right? So that was probably a longer period of stress in your life, where it might have been happening like every other day. But like me, I could go, I could go days, weeks, like without mm -hmm. drinking, I wasn't like itching to drink. But when I did drink, and, and things in my life, like you said, were stressful and stuff like that, it would get worse. Except for me, my drinking led into blackouts like 80% of the time. So that's where probably you and I differ. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's I, I think it's so amazing to see, you know, people live both those worlds, you know, like being able to do that. And there's so many people out there who do do that, but when they really let go of the alcohol and they focus and hone in on their health, they're able to do so much more. So where did you when did you decide to go alcohol free? Yeah, in my journey has been really interesting. And I think it was something that's always been nagging in the back of the head. Um, as, as I sell professionally, I'm an account executive. So I do sales uh, to support myself and my family. And, but I'm, I'm technically, I'm a certified health coach. So I do know better, if you will. And I'm a plant and I pride myself for so long in being this plant-based athlete um, we're eating really clean and healthy overall, doing more than the typical workouts any individual does, but then I would be drinking wine. And that always did bug me at the end of the day. Cause I felt like I was sharing this, like, Oh, look at, I'm on the podium. I ran my fastest half marathon when I turned 40 and I qualified for nationals and triathlons. And I've done all these things, but I knew there was this piece that I did not like as well and use it as a coping skill. So when I, um, my youngest is 16, when after I had him, this is where my journey of like taking back my health, I knew my coping skill through life was being an athlete. I mean, that clearly states that I did it all through college. I even coach college. I still coach now. And I, um, and I wasn't doing that at times. So when my second son was born, I started signing up for five Ks and doing that again, because I was in my twenties, I was a pretty young mom um, and my, I had my oldest in grad school. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
in my 20s, I was just at home. I would drink wine at night and stay in the house and take care of my kids. But also I was working full time. Like that was pretty much my life. And then I finally was like, you know what? I need that. I need that physical outlet. And I know that. So I started rock bouldering in Flagstaff, Arizona. And then I also started running, but just small races to kind of get it back in. And then I started drinking the race Kool-Aid, if you will, where started with a half marathon and it kind of snowballed into like a bunch of other endurance races and things like that. Um, and so from there, I, I definitely liked and used those, but for the longest times I was still like, you know, doing the happy hours with moms, drinking wine and doing all those types of things. And then I believe it was in probably about 2015 or so, gosh, this is almost a decade ago. The one day I just woke up, I was like, I don't like how I feel about myself. And um, actually uh, a really neat health coach who I line so much with her patterns of drinking named Bex Weller based out of Australia. She's really great. And um, read all of her books and, and I could just associate so much of her behavioral patterns. She was also a vegan, a health coach and and all those things. And I started, you know, reading more. And then finally I was like, I'm just, I'm not, I'm just not going to do this anymore. And from there, I, I didn't drink for over two years, but, but Chelsea, the things I did it for like more controlling reasons. Like I did it for, for I want to be this perfect athlete. I want to be this perfect spouse. I want to be this perfect eater. And, and I would also, in that, that time, I was also in a place where I would be annoyed. I couldn't drink. Like, you know, and you get mad, like, oh, everyone's drinking and I can't. And so that was a different relationship. And then it stuck back in. I was, you know, going through a divorce and then using that as an anxiety coping skill, which you and I both know that's just putting gasoline on the fire of anxiety. And, yeah. and then I finally just, you know, had another, like last summer, I was like, you know what? I'm just not doing that this anymore. And I know for some people, that's not the journey. They need lots of other support. I've done a lot of the work prior to this yeah. and I made that choice, but don't get me wrong. I still list, I still read books. I still listen to podcasts and I still, you know, make sure I tiptoe around the community in the sense of always, you know, why you do those things and what works for you with not drinking. For me, it's very much like, I love waking up feeling amazing. I love, um, I love always being able to count on myself and rely on myself and have my children rely on me at any time of the day they are able to. Um, I love not like, crap, what did I text? Oh, why I did that when I was all fired up and like emotionally <laughs> just not yeah. intact and all of that's gone. And also the other part, I know I'm an overthinker, which can be beneficial. You can look at things in a different angle. I know professionally it can be helpful to like, well, I could pitch it this way. I could do it this way. I could sell this way. But overthinking would be like, even if I were to go out and have a glass of wine, I'd be like, well, okay, I ruined my streak. And then I, I'm like, I eliminated that conversation in my head. And it's not a, where am I getting my next fix? Like, I just don't want to beat myself up. I don't want that internal dialogue. That's completely gone. And it's so freeing. Yeah, it is so hard. Like we, we are our own worst critics. Like I know, like I would always beat myself up. And even when I did get sober, it was the same with food. Like if I, if I binged, you know, one night I would be my own worst critic. And, and the same kind of like going back and forth, like I've been with food recently, it's like the same thing with alcohol. But like you said, you said a very important thing. 
is, you know, you've been doing the work well before, like, like not drinking, it takes work. It takes a lot of self-growth, self-work, like therapy, you had mentioned, continuous education, reading, and plugging your in, yourself into support. Like you plugged yourself into the rooms with other people who weren't drinking, and that makes it easier. Um, so now that you, so how long do you have now alcohol-free? A little over a year or almost a year? I mean, so the journey prior to was several, multiple years. Yeah. And then this last stint has been, but this is the healthiest stint of them all. This has been, it's under a year. Yeah. I'd say nine months or so. But again, it's the healthiest. Like yeah. those couple years prior to were like great, but they're for the wrong reasons. Where now it's not even on my radar to drink if this makes, and again, this goes back to people relationships. If I have people over at my house, like I have drinks in the fridge, but I have all my fun non-alcoholic drinks, but if somebody were to drink, I have it here and it does not bother me. Yeah. Uh, it, it, um, I don't, I'm not bothered with, yeah, I go play golf a lot. I drink my athletic beers and, and I'm not bothered when people do it all. And because for me, I think it, it's, it's, you know, this, it's not about the food. It's not about the alcohol. It's really about doing that work about you. And for, again, for me, it's taken such a long time. It's been a long journey. I'm 45 years old. So it's taking some time, but it's like, I know I can go anywhere and do anything. And I don't get anxious and worried about what anyone thinks or any of us do because I'm okay with me. And that's all that matters. And yeah. that takes a lot of work to get to that place. Don't get me wrong. If I'm doing a sales pitch, I'll still get nervous. And you know, you have those nervous moments in general, which you should, because you that means you care if you're being nervous. But I'm okay. Like if somebody, my community of really close friends, no one's like, why don't you drink? No one cares. Yeah. I still meet for happy hours. I still do all the same things. I just right. leave and starts to get a little annoying. Yeah. And <laughs> like it is, you it is probably then. Yeah, absolutely. And it is crazy. It's like, there are so many different people out the world. And I have a lot of listeners who are more, more like you, where it's, it's not, they're not necessarily an alcoholic. They've just seen the negative effects in their lives. Like they are leading healthy lives, but they know there's that one thing that's like really like hindering them. And then I have, you know, other people in sobriety who like don't do anything they can't go near it and stuff like that so I really wanted to have this discussion with you because I was so curious about how you went about in your daily routine because it is so important to have that constant awareness of it and the constant you know in your ear things because you can you can have a bad moment anytime like something terrible can happen in your life and if you're not prepared mentally like that can easily spiral you down so what does your day look like as far as like self-care? Yeah. And you're right. I mean, anything could set you off. And I think you've experienced this and I've seen the San Diego. There's always a reason to drink. Like, yeah. oh, I had a bad day. Let's go. Yep. Or let's celebrate this big win. Let's go. Um, For me, it, 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 and I remember, and I don't know if you, when you were still drinking, um, reading these books, like, you know, just a night unwind and have a bath and a cup of tea. And I'd be like, oh, no. But now I'm like, okay, that's what I do, actually. Yes, amen. <laughs> I mean, like, that is so boring. I am not going to do that. But oh, I'm like, so, now I'm like, I'm in love with this. <laughs> and now I'm like, I, I know I need to be regimented in a schedule. So, yeah, and again, and I know like my, I know what you, I shared with you my article that was in Runner's World Magazine. And 
and I know the focus was running, how I use that, but it's not necessarily just about running. It's like whatever works for you, whether that's just right. be walking, whether that's biking, whether that's, you know, reading consistently, running is whatever that works for you. So for me, what I like to do is pretty much, I'm pretty regimented, even on weekends where, um, you know, during the week I get up around 5.15, I do a three, three and a half mile run because I know that calms my brain because I know I'm an anxious person. So I calm my brain down do my routine, start my work day, go about my work day. Um, and I'm fortunate enough where right now I'm also coaching student athletes here for lacrosse and field hockey, two of the sports I love and I played in college. So I get to do that in the afternoons. And on top of that, my wonderful 16 year old who I have half the time, he runs track and field. So I go watch his events and we obviously chat and talk about track and field and all that good stuff. So I've developed quite a discipline, but I've got a pretty I'm a pretty busy social life person. Yeah. Um, so play a lot of golf with friends and where it's more of a catch up, not very serious golfer, to be clear. I will never say I'm a professional golfer, um, but always having a lot of things in the queue of really healthy things to do. And even like I said, I do meetups for happy hours and those types of things. I'm just not um, doing those things. I think always having those, and I have days that are really tough or really sad or really lonely. And um, and, and especially when my son's not here, but it's, it's really getting to that place by doing the work and sitting with yourself and being okay with it. Yeah. Think- and that's, that's the hardest part. Cause I have people all the time ask me, they're like, well, how do you stay sober? Like I literally do the things every single day. And for me, like, I don't love exercising personally. Like it's not my favorite thing to do. I just love the way that I feel afterwards. And I know if I don't, I have a, my personality, I will spiral. I'll just stop, you know, reading or then I'll stop, you know, drinking my water and it'll just be a negative effect. So just like you, my routine is so important and exercise has been a huge part in my mental health. You know, I suffer from um, ADHD, anxiety, bipolar, all those things. And for me, it's more mental health. Um, So for you, like what, have you always been a runner? You said back in that you've always did track, right? Where you were always in the distance. The high school sport, the high school, I never was like a track athlete. The high school sports I did, but they always were running based. And I always, I always could run, run, run. Like I remember my freshman year going into college. I went to Lockheed University. I remember I was like, I'm just, I'm, I know I'm not going to be the best field hockey player on this team. They're coming off a national championship, but I will be in shape. And so like, I always use that as a solid foundation of being a good runner. Um, and then as I got older, those are the things you can do. I started doing more of those running races and I dipped, I was in triathlons heavily a lot doing sprints to Ironman distance triathlons when my kids were younger um, and those types of things. So I needed that fuel to do that. But it's funny that relationships even changed to be healthier and where I used to, again, it was coinciding with drinking. I would, um, if I drank wine at night, next day, be like, I'm going to just do a bunch of whole repeats to like, because to undo that, where now it's like, if I don't feel like running, I don't. But if I just do the three miles to your point to like calm the anxiety in your brain and those other things that could be going on, it's a much healthier, wonderful relationship. And it's funny, I'm slower. I'm not trying to like, you know, podium, win all these championships, but it's it's a more... I love this relationship I have right now with the athletics. Well, it's like you kind of let go of the perfectionism in, you know, fitness and exercise. You've given yourself grace through what you've learned along the way. And now it's something you thoroughly enjoy. 
Yeah. And it's it's absolutely. amazing to see. And now your kids, like, are they run? You said they're in track. They're running. Yeah. My, my oldest now, my oldest is 21 now. And that's an interesting, you know, cause he's like, I, he was back home last couple of weeks ago and I was like, okay, I'll meet you at your bar. And here we are. And, um, my oldest, he was a phenomenal runner, like way better runner than I could ever be. And my younger son's an incredible athlete too. They're both soccer players and runners and, um, I'm always like, oh my gosh, please be a better athlete than me. I love that. But that's yeah. not so much what I want for them. I want them to like be a good community member, be a great person in the world and do something they want to be passionate about at the end of the day. that If it's athletics, no, great. I don't care. I just want them to feel good about what they are and contribute in a positive way. Yeah, but I feel like with athletics, that kind of leads them up to it because in athletics, you're learning about discipline, how to push yourself past your comfort zone and all of those things, which leads into other pieces of life too. So I'm sure they are very compassionate, kind people as well. So um, what do, what would you say like throughout this journey over your past year, what is one of the best moments that you can think of? And I'm, I know we didn't discuss this, so I'm going to throw this out one of the best moments in the last nine months through your alcohol free that you can remember? Ooh, um, you know what? I had a really fun one recently um, where usually our, my old Friday night would have been very different, right? It would have been either going out, playing around at golf, then we all go to the bar or we go hang out. We do things like that. And um, this past Friday, we I had a night game for my lacrosse team. And actually, the other coaches had other obligations. So I was coaching solo two teams wow. and of the JV team and then the varsity team. And I really spent the time because I can and I care where, you know, I'm sure you've experienced this life. Like sometimes your priorities get out of whack. Oh, yes. And, and for me, my priorities were and my my son is on the snowboarding trip. So he's enjoying life right now and, and wonderful and all those good things. And, um, and for me, I like really thought through how to strategize without having all the substitutes I needed. Um, cause it's spring break here for us here in Southern California. So families are away and just being very thoughtful and wanting the girls to feel good about themselves. And we ended up winning an important wow. game. And I, because I spent the time to really think through the process and I wanted to be present for them and there for them. And, um, and that was really cool. And the other thing is too, like the emotional state of some of these high school girls right now, and it's different than I think when I was in high school, the pressure to try to get into these schools, especially the California system is really competitive. Mm-hmm. And I'm having some of my younger athletes even like upset and crying about things. And I like that they're able to come talk to me and we're able to talk through these things and work through those emotions and move on throughout the day. So it's not just about coaching and teaching lacrosse, it's the other pieces, but because I have my priorities in line, I'm able to be there present for them and emotionally there. And I remember coming home that Friday and I came home to my cat because my son's on a trip again. And I was just like, I couldn't, I don't, I, there's nothing else I would have rather been doing on this Friday night. And that is, not, I mean, years ago, probably wouldn't have said that. I would have been like, where are we going next? What are we doing now? FOMO I got to be out where everybody's having fun and I was just like that's exactly what I want to be doing making an impact helping my student athletes and in return it feels really good for me when the things I thought through did became successful so that's a very recent one I think also just being present obviously with my 16 year old even if he's gaming and doing his stuff 
I'll just even go sit in the room with him. So I'm like, I just want to be around you. <laughs> and I that think that, 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 that's amazing. Yeah. Because like you said, so I, there's so many, you don't think you can have fun without drinking if that's what you're used to. And now you are creating, you're creating so much more and it, it, it's, it's been amazing to watch. So what would you tell um, somebody that's thinking about, you know, they're, they're newly alcohol free and they want to incorporate running or exercise or some type of fitness. How important would you say that is, um, in early sobriety? Yeah, I think it's, it's really where your base and your benchmark is. And I know I'm a somewhat unique and I have a little bit of a different base than anyone else, um, within there. I'd say for me, it's, it, it's, it's, it's just starting. And I wrote about this in runner's world. Like it's just start anywhere. Start with a 10 minute walk a day, start with a fit and then build a 15 build to like set those little goals that a you at the end of the day, feel good. I have people approach me all the time. Like I want to start running. What should I do? And I was like, start with a run walk, just say 20 minutes. I'm going to run for a minute, walk for three, you know, build off of where you're at physically because I truly believe if you are able body, you are able to run. If you haven't had you know knee surgeries and all those other things or other health issues, like just building slowly, it is honestly one of the best highs in the world. I still think like I just I've finished races and the, when I push it, empty the take and almost throw up and like all, all those good things. Yeah. Like like it is just like like almost just like crying just with so much like, yes. And whether that be your first 5k you ever attempt to do and you just finish it. Like when I know any half marathon I've ever done, it's the ones that do the loop. I typically start crying in the middle of them when I see those folks at the end and you know, this is their first time doing it. And if they're walking most of it and they're out there, like I just get beyond emotion no offense to the rock stars with negative 10 BMI, um, you know, doing a 110 half marathon, but the other folks, I'm like, cause that's a whole different journey. And that's freaking amazing. And I think that just is my favorite. Yeah. Like you saying that is bringing tears to my eyes. I actually just had a client. She's over 300 pounds. She was recently diagnosed with autism and mm-hmm. she has everything coming at her saying like, you know, you, you, you can't do this or whatever. She literally just did her first workout today and did a video. And I was in tears. Like, you know what? Like everybody who thinks they can't do it because of this reason or that because of this reason, like this is proof that you can do it. And that feeling after you do something hard, like something that you don't think you could do is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I did, we did, we had a running program last year. I ran for the first time and it was hard, but the feeling after, like when you're out of breath and you can't breathe, you're like, but I did it. Like, it is such an amazing feeling. So I agree with you. Start before you're ready. Just start and do little, little things. Don't compare yourself to somebody else's journey and just do your own. I absolutely love that. And then my last thing, um, somebody who's listening to this, who's considering dropping alcohol, um, they're having these thoughts, don't know if it's a problem um, or anything. What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say if, you know, there's, in, I mean, there's all types of there. I have friend. I have no people that are very high functioning alcoholics. Right. And they're just, this is what they do. And that's how they carry on. One thing I say to anybody is only you truly know your relationship with alcohol or with eating or with whatever type of vice you might have going on. 
only you really know that relationship. And I think it's just having that honest conversation for with you. And to your point, it's not so much I consumed every day or did it like it, it's not about that. It's not about how much, it's not about how often, in my opinion. It's really about what is that relationship you have. If you go out to dinner and you have two glasses and you're watching everybody else and you're going, okay, did I drink too fast? What am I going? Da, 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 da. That's a relationship. If you start setting all these rules, okay, I'll only drink on weekends and then this trickles in during the week. And then you only you know that relationship with alcohol. And so my my advice, my opinion is it, I mean, really be honest with yourself about it. And if it is something that's consuming a lot of your thought and your brain power, then have, you know, have that honest conversation with yourself. And I do think obviously if someone's a severe heavily drinker, obviously you need, like, you need to like talk to a doctor before you do anything. That's, that's very clear because alcohol withdrawal is one of the most serious and deadly withdrawals that are out there. Um, but if you just know, like in your head, you find it to be a problem and it's hampering you from doing the things you truly want to do. You should have that like honest conversation with yourself and reach out. There's so many wonderful Instagram accounts. There's so many amazing like lit books out there. And, and it spans from such a huge variety of people that are just like, I feel like crap after a glass of wine or someone's just like, I, I'm mommy wine culture drinking two bottles of wine. And I, I mean, the sphere is so big and different. I think it's just have that honest conversation with yourself and see you feel that. I mean, the benefits are again, that that um, taking a bath with tea, which we're like, that's so dumb. But like, it's beyond that. Like, yeah. I love so smart at work. I love always being on my A game. Yeah. I love being like, really be able to go to any room and feel good and confident and not worry. Did I say something silly? Did I, was I being too funny when I shouldn't have been funny? Like all of that's eliminated. By all means, I'm not perfect and I still screw up plenty. Don't get me wrong. But I love being completely on my A game and having a full clear head. That's, yeah. it's, that's addicting, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Oh, I absolutely get that. I'm the same way. Like for me, if I think of drinking, I'm like, well, then I'm not going to be able to be amazing at what I'm doing and help people and do this. I'm just going to be a hot mess. Um, you said something and, and it made me think. So people that are thinking, you know, you know, maybe I do have a, a issue with drinking. I'm going to stop. Do you recommend thinking like long-term goals or do you just take it in the moment and see what happens? Yeah. I, I always say I, when my friends and I are in some sort of jam of any kind, we always go baby steps. I remember my one girlfriend saying to me as I was going through my divorce, like more of baby steps, like one moment at a time, one moment at a time. And I like to approach that with anything. It's overwhelming to think, I think anything beyond the distance. Like I, mm -hmm. I think it's one moment at not even a day, one moment at a time. And, and, and if you slip up, like don't destroy yourself and beat yourself up to an oblivion. It's just, you're on your own journey. And at one point you will figure it out with the right tools around you and the support and the help. In my, opinion. I agree because when you say like, okay, I'm never drinking ever again. It's a lot of pressure. Like that's a lot of pressure. And it's the same, like with, with food for me, like, I can't say like, I'm never going to eat a donut ever again. Like that just, then I'm all I'm thinking about is that donut. Right. And if you say, I'm never drinking again, all you're thinking about is that that drink. So taking it for today and making the best of every single moment, like you said, like you have a routine that you stick to and that keeps you, that keeps you in check. And it's same for me. I have a routine and it keeps me in check. And, um, so how did that, this, this is the last thing I want to ask. Sorry. I know I said that before you just recently were in an article. How did that come about? And you know, what was the message across? 
Yeah, and the one thing I want to just add to what we were just talking about, and I'll answer that question was one thing that finally clicked for me in my head is we all have certain like things we do in our life that not everyone does. So for me, it's being a vegan. So I started, I had an aha moment when I started treating like not drinking like that mm. because I have plenty of friends I go out and eat meals with. I go to dinner with, again, Southern California. I could go to a steakhouse and there's a wonderful vegan option on the menu. So, so I don't say I'm not going to be friends with you because you're not vegan too. Like I understand I'm on my own journey and there's reasons why I'm plant-based. There's reasons why I'm alcohol-free and those types of things. And so my aha moment came when I was like, well, I'm not going to go to someone's house and eat a cheeseburger to please them, but mm-hmm. I'm also going to go to the house and have a drink to please them either. So once I like made that association in my head, I was like, uh-huh. And I'm everyone, and not saying everyone's plant-based, but everyone has different things they don't do for whatever reason. And I've made that association for me with alcohol too. I was like, oh, like, yeah, just like, I'm not going to go and eat I've cheeseburger. I literally never even looked at it that way. That's like, an, um, that's really good. Like, that's really good. That And that made me go, oh, actually that makes, it made sense for me in my head. And yeah. so I work with that route. And, and again, I'm on my own journey. If you eat wonderful, good for you. Everyone has their own choices and preferences. There's reasons why I don't. Um, but when he, with runner's world, how that came about is actually one of my wonderful girlfriends from high school. Um, she, she was a, actually a cross country runner. I was not, but we stayed friends over the years and she was a, she was a college runner as well. And we've always stayed friends over the years. And we talked through parenting. We talked through the loss of our parents together and, you know, those different challenging things and talked about anxiety as parents and overall anxiety. But anyway, so she um, ended up having a position within the runner's world community there, like working. And last year, and this is, I think you'll understand this, Chelsea, last year, she was like, would you ever be okay if we ever did a piece on you about why you run and talking about anxiety, sobriety and things like that? And I was like, um, okay. And so then I, and at the time I didn't push and I go, when are we doing this? I was like, uh, 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 uh. but at the beginning of this year, she reached out with one of her writers, like, would you be okay with this? And I was like, you know what? I'm totally okay with it now because it takes that time to be okay with things and be public about it. And it was a very scary, like, like being, cause the view locally if you're like, Oh, coach Mo, that's what my athletes call me. The whole community knows me like, Oh, you're just this runner. And you're just so, Oh, you eat healthy and you're this perfect specimen. And not that I image crap myself to be that, but everyone, and I'm like, no, there's a story behind all of these mm. people. And I wanted to be very transparent and honest about it. I don't think people are. And that's why I was like, you know what, let's go into the national stage and talk about why I run, why like going through anxiety. I went through postpartum depression with my second son um, and just overall, like using it in a positive coping skill and also eliminating alcohol. I want to make sure they incorporate that in the article because you, it's normal for the moms in the thirties to forties, like that culture of like, I'm, I'm stressed. I want to go home, just drink wine and do things when there are other choices of things to do within there. So that's how that article came about. But to be completely honest with you, I would not have put that out a year ago. Hell no. I was not comfortable with myself then or my story. I would have had an anxiety attack on the spot. Um, (laughs) But now I was like, you know what? It's very freeing. And it was very like, this is who I am. And if it helps one female right on, my goal is done. What's been really neat is personally, um, 
so many people that reached out to me, men, like they're like, you know what? I just signed up for a new race, Mora. I've had women, I've had women open up former teammates or anything like that. I've had people open up about, I've been also battling severe anxiety or I'm battling an eating disorder since like college or I'm battling these different things. Thank you. And so that part, that was the goal. I was like, I will allow myself to be vulnerable and throw myself out there and all that good stuff. And I will say, I wanted to make sure it was about me, not about any of the other pieces, because there's a lot more to my story, but that's for other family members to tell. But I also, I ran it by my boys before I put it out to make sure I had my 20 year old video. I was like, what do you think? He's like, mom, I love this. I think it's wonderful. So I wanted to make sure I got my kids blessing before too, but, um, and not that it was anything telling it, just, you're kind of putting yourself out there. Yeah. I relate to that. Like people see me cause I'm post, like I'm eight, eight years in sobriety, this and that, but they didn't see like the first time I talked about it. Like I remember like being so afraid to ever say that, you know, I was sober because I was like, all these people are going to judge me and they're going to remember these things and this and that. But the response that I got from other women struggling just like me was absolutely amazing. And honestly, Maura, there has to be more women out there like us that are sharing their struggles, sharing their vulnerabilities and giving hope that there is more out there. Like you've been living your best life these past nine months and you're showing up. And just to see that transition, like you said, a year ago, you wouldn't have shared this story. And a year ago, here you are. Your anxiety is lower. You're way more confident. Like you are living that coach. Mo- what do they call you? Coach Mo? Coach Mo. You are living that life. You are coach Mo. Like you are really living it now. And I think so many women need to hear that because they don't have a problem, quote unquote, with alcohol. It's just, it, it's just something that's habitually they're doing every night and it is a problem to them in their own way. So yeah. I really, really, really um, appreciate you coming on here. If anybody wants to read your story, where can they find it? Yeah, it's actually, actually Apple News picked it up, but it's also in Runner's World. I'll send you the link so you have it to attach to this. Um, and then also I'm on Instagram as well, if you want to follow and I'll send you that information too. But um, yeah, runner, it's in Runner's World. And then it's also in Apple News as well, if you're an Apple News subscriber. I think if you just put my name in, you it'll pop up. That is absolutely amazing. I will attach that here. Is there anything you want to add before we leave? Um, uh, thank you for having me. It's been wonderful to chat with you, of course, and I appreciate your time. Um, I just, I did think anyone out there listening, it's just like, you know, one thing is like have self-compassion is something I've had to work on. We're so good at beating ourselves up. And I think whatever your journey is and whatever improvements you're trying to make for yourself, like have that self-compassion and take it easy on yourself, but find community, find your people that are going to support whatever your new journey is and what you're trying to do and, you know, baby steps one moment at a time. Oh, I love that. All right, Maura, thank you so much. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. Talk to you soon. It was-